Hi, it's Wes Johnson. And John St. John. And we're here for GGR Pirate Radio. Yeah, because they've got balls of steel. Yes, and we may take those from you when we're done. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Stranger Things Conversations here on the Great Geek Refuge. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am your host this evening, but I am joined by two wonderful co-hosts that if you are a GGR fan, you listen to our podcast, you read our website, you're in our Facebook group, all those sorts of things, and you know both of these people very, very well. Um, joining me in co-host seat number one, she's returning from her last engagement in our Stranger Things conversation. You know her, you love her. When she's not doing this, she's a playwright. She also does all sorts of other wonderful things, raising a geeky, nerdy family herself. Her name is Mariah Beachboard. Mariah Beachboard enters stage left. There you go. Well done. Wonderful. Second co-host. You didn't catch him in the first episode. Much like Max, in the sense that wasn't there in the first season, but that's okay. Because a welcome and just glorious addition to our family when it comes to all things Stranger Things discussion here. But you know him as the professor. Why? Because he knows fucking everything when it comes to TV, movies, comics. Throw shit at him. He probably knows the answer. His name is James Rambo. So I don't know if we're sharing the video for this, but uh, <laughs> Mariah's, Mariah's intro followed immediately by me, a big fat hairy man, does in fact mean that she is pursued by a bear. <laughs> off stage pursued by a bear yeah. off stage well done bear sound uh. effects <laughs> you know we just have to share a, a clip like a like an image of of this this mayhem that we're creating here you know what's great about macintosh computers screenshot enabled um there we go <laughs> done and done um also, um, since we're going to share this image and you guys can see it, uh, you've got some really awesome lighting effects going on in your studio right now, Mariah, that has a very like, like upside down Vecna vibe going on. Like, I wish I could claim um, credit for this, but yeah. I'm actually using, I rent studio space from my son, who is a Twitch streamer, Trouble XEX. Um, and he also is responsible for the picture of Saul Goodman on the wall. He's his idol, which is not great when you're talking about parenting. Yes. So <laughs> every now and then he's like, mom, I'm going to go make meth with with my brother. You know, is that all right? I'm like, yeah, sure, fine. And I take a shot of tequila and that's the day. So <laughs> yeah, good decisions. Then, uh, he, he decorated this space. So. <laughs> yep. There's your life choice, making a strong one. That's all I can ask for, buddy. Good job. <laughs> Um, I, I mentioned in our intro that we are joined by Mr. James Rambo for this episode. Uh, he did not join us the first time around, and I wanted to give him the opportunity to kind of give his thoughts on the first part of season one, or season one, I'm sorry, the first part of season four of Stranger Things. Um, to recap, that essentially gets us to the big Vecna reveal when we find out that he is actually zero one, the first patient in this very uh, MK ultra esque um, psychic powers, telekinetic powers experiment that they're doing uh, in Hawkins. Rambo, give us your take on this man um, on, on what you thought of the first half of the season. Um, I am consistently impressed with the quality of the show, um, both in terms of 
the visual effects and the acting from the, the various, uh, particularly like these kids, seeing these kids um, um, grow up on this series. Um, I, I uh, just the other day, uh, I don't know, it was like a Facebook memory or something, but somebody had shared uh, or I saw a behind the scenes photo of most of the cast from the first season and just tiny babies, just itty bitty tiny babies. Um, and they've all done so fucking well. And the fact that like, um, we're now at a point where Billy Bobby Brown is a producer on the show. Like um, uh, Elle's bullying storyline was her idea and something she fought for because that's something she dealt with um, at, you know, when she was a little bit younger. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, she was talking about it on um, maybe on, I think it was, might have been on Hot Ones. Um, but uh, oh, it's really... I gotta watch her eat hot chicken wings. Hell yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> it's not, it's, it, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really impressively executed. Um, there are all these sort of disparate threads that they manage to keep interesting and engaging. Um, I, I think maybe the worst of them is the the sort of California storyline, mostly because of the focus of like, nobody gives a shit about Jonathan. Um, like, <laughs> he's, he's just there. Like, he ends up he ends up being very, very valuable in one scene later with Will. But yep, <laughs> beyond that's that, it. Yeah. he's just fucking there. Like, you do not deserve Nancy. You need to piss off. You're making bad choices all over the place. Um, um, that's a good question for later in the podcast because I got to know what team we're on. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I you know I'm fucking team Nancy. Um, <laughs> Best team out there, right? <laughs> I I was I was really there was there were a couple things in particular that I that stood out in terms of like oh like the way they handled this was really slick. Like when they introduced the captain of the uh, basketball team. I was like, this guy's gonna be a fucking douchebag. He's gonna be such an asshole. And you know, it's gonna that that's gonna be the arc for Lucas is, is him like realizing that it's not okay for him to it's it's it, it's okay for him to not accept bullying and stuff. And no, then with the opposite tack with it, where they were like, no, he's really warm and welcoming, and and what that ends up doing is there's this sense of camaraderie and this sense of like we're a team, like both on the court and off. And so when you get the the later uh, plot points uh, going, now it becomes shit. Well, what do I do? Like I have my old team and my friends, but I have this new team in like what I'm supposed to like seemingly like supposed to be doing going forward. Um, I thought that was really slick. I really liked that guy's arc uh, from going from um, like, you know, being like Steve Rogers to just like breaking down and like going nuts over the loss of his girlfriend and trying to find any um, any possible outlet for that anger. Um, I I mean like I'm not made of stone, so of course I love Eddie. Um, like that's just it's just a wonderful character. Um, and and kudos to uh, was Joseph. Um, Quinn. Oh, what is it? Say again? Joseph Quinn. Joseph Quinn. Who knows that guy for coming in like four seasons in and just killing it. Just like oh, yeah. showing up and being instantly, you know, 
uh, uh, endearing and charming and um, feeling very like very much like a lived-in character in this world. Um, I you know, yeah, the, I mean honestly, the only like negative I would have to say about anything is is really the way um, that some of the California storyline was handled. But even that, it's not really so much bad as just like, you know, well, we're trying to give as many characters, like pretty much every character, a moment to shine. And there's just nothing going on with Jonathan. There's obviously a lot of things going on in that story. But with him in particular, I was just like, every scene with him, I'm like, come on. Can we do anything else? Like, can we, you know, the, 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 the God, the way they handled um, Will's, uh, uh, you know, obvious like sort of closeted story and you know him trying to cope with that and like buddy you can do better than mike um <laughs> i yeah. was yeah the performances are all uh all just stellar across the board um you know everything that happens max has been uh was was just brutal and you know really intense um i am i am very much a crier and this show got me several times. Um, but yeah, I have been really impressed with the look of it. The um, the lighting on this show is so fucking good. Like the way um, that all the, the Vecna sequences uh, are are staged are, are really creepy and foreboding. And Vecna as a, you know, this, this being like our first proper... Um, like sentient creature that we're that we're dealing with and not just like you know sort of an animal um and all the implications that like um he's been pulling the strings the entire time uh like that's really cool and really interesting um the vector design is dope as shit oh yeah uh, <laughs> looks so fucking messed up um so yeah i i've been um clearly not a fan at all um <laughs> But no, it's it's, yeah, it's all right. I you know I mean I guess that's your thing. Um, also, man, when when Eleven is at the roller rink and trying her best, trying her absolute best to deal with all the bullshit from all those goddamn assholes. I, me and Katie are watching it, and just every time something happens, we're like, fucking. Do a thing, something, anything. And finally, Katie was like, "Hit her in the face with a skate." <laughs> no, she like, didn't. Yes, yeah, she did. And like ten seconds later, pow! What'd she say when that happened? We were both so overjoyed. Uh, we were both <laughs> so happy uh, that <laughs> we need a disclaimer. GGR does not condone violence. However, we enjoy satisfying repercussions against. Police. I will. I, my my views In cinema. are mine and uh, do not reflect Great uh, <laughs> Refuge. Um, but I am firmly in the camp of sometimes some people only understand violence. And guess what? That girl won't be doing no more. Fucking with L. Like. Yeah. The, the the degree to which they pushed that sequence and that bullying, like that was about humiliation on a huge degree. Um, and I I very much am like, no, no, that's, that's the way that, that had to be handled because there was 
there we, we get multiple instances of Elle trying to like talk to her, trying to work it out, trying to like deal with her as a human being. And she's not a person. She's yeah. an awful, awful little monster. And she got skate slapped. So, you know, hey, we are um, none won't be none. <laughs> we talked about it in the first episode that a lot of people, there, there was some backlash on the internet about that scene and about the way things were handled in the school at large and saying like, I can't believe that Elle, obviously a girl not prepared for essentially high school life is being cast into this thing. Um, not only that, she's being horribly bullied. Why isn't anything happening? And I'm like, man, did y'all not grow up in the eighties and nineties? Like- Cause that <laughs> shit is so real. Like, and yeah. like, not only that, what's crazy is, is Mariah and I grew up in the same hometown and there was a roller rink right down the street from where I grew up that looked exactly like that roller rink that they used. Yep. And like, yep. I told her, I told her, I was like, I don't know about you, but did you watch that? And could you smell the roller rink? Cause I could. <laughs> yeah. And how did you describe it? I think it was like Cheetos and nasty socks. Cheetos and feet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's the smell that uh, all roller rinks like, have. Yeah. Like uh, uh, that vague, like musky sting of, of uh, like microwave frozen pizza. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All of that shit. Yeah. With some with some rock and eighties music, yes. Yeah, like and that like a little bit of kind of a um like a tinge in the air of like whatever the fog machine has. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yes. And yeah. a little bit of like spilled soda stuck to a table. Sure, yeah. And yeah. gum on the other underside of the table. Everything All the was nastiness. sticky. Everything was yes. sticky, yes. That yeah. that like kind of velcro like like noise of people walking around and then any of like the hard surfaces. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the carpet, the cheapest of cheap carpet, but like, yeah. Psychedelic carpet. Yeah, the psychedelic <laughs> carpet, yeah. Um, Rambo, thank you, man. Um, like, there, it's funny how all on the same page we are because I, what was most frightening about this to me, and just to kind of recap and then we'll jump into the second part, is that this was, for me, um, and I think Mariah, we varied on this one, um, Vecna is the scariest of all the villains we've had in my opinion, because one, there's that human element. And I think you mentioned that like, that didn't make him, that made him less scary because of the ego and the ego could be bartered with more or less. But like, for me, it made it scarier because he knows the human brain and he understands it because he was human at one point and he preys on trauma. And that is fucking frightening as shit because it's not just about an animal that needs to feed or an animal and the animal instincts. This is calculated. This is planned. Like this is like, it's insidious. It's evil. It's the agency. Yes. It's the, it's, it's the, the, you know, if, if a, if a tiger attacks you, it's not evil, it's hungry. Like it, it is, it is reacting to instinct and to, to, you know, it's base needs. It's not deciding I'm going to kill you. Um, the thing that I found, y'all ever see a, a quarantine or the movie it was based on? Uh, it's a Mexican movie called Wreck. R E C. It's a it's a um, it's a zombie movie, but it's a zombie movie stuck inside of an apartment complex, like one particular building, and it's that kind of like twenty days later rage zombie thing where like somebody gets bit and within like a couple minutes they just instantly uh, have turned. There is. Um, also sort of an element of like uh, dread and the raid where like they're kind of going up the, the building uh, over the course of the movie. And by the end of the movie, they get to um, 
it's a, a, a reporter and like one or two other people, they get to the, the top floor and they find like, they've been dropping hints about like, you know, there's a scientist or someone who lives at the top of the building and he's been like, you know, doing weird experiments, blah, blah, blah. And there's this sequence where they get into his apartment and they're trying to hide because they 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 hear him moving around, and you can see um, the 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 now like zombified version of this guy um, walking around with like a hammer, and he'll walk over to a table and start hitting things there, and then he'll pick something up from somewhere else and move it over to here, and like add something else over to here and hit hit it again. And what's really really creepy about it is he's one of the zombies that's still just smart enough to be acting like a person so he's still trying to do his experiments and it's really unsettling because he has all of like the speed and strength of the other monsters only he has just enough of a human mind to like reason and make choices um and that is really disturbing sounds um, like a really good movie it's like I know a lot of people kind of shit on quarantine. Uh, I've never seen Wreck, which is which is the movie it's based on, but I thought quarantine was dope. Um, maybe you know Wreck is just way way better. Uh, it's REC uh, like like record, um, and there's a whole it, it's a whole series of movies. Um, it is creepy as shit, so I I highly recommend if you're a horror fan to to watch it. So I hear what you're saying, Rambo. Um but I didn't actually feel fear of Vecna until I guess it was at the end they re revealed that he could control every single one of those fucking scary ass monsters. And yeah. that's when I, that was the first moment I felt fear. It wasn't because of his agency or anything else, I guess. I, and I don't know why, but it was when I realized that every one of those things that did scare me, he was controlling. Yeah. That scared the shit out of me. Yeah. That's messed up. Uh, um, and that's, you know, that's fair. Like, you know, there are a thousand variables for any number of reasons, like why people are, are as disturbed by things as they are. Like I have a, a long-standing fear of creepy old women. I don't know why, I just do. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I feel like I need to out. laugh at you about this. No, no, this. it's funny, it, it is funny. Like it's, it's and not like, not like I see like an old folks home and I'm, you know, like I'm shaking my, my boots or anything, but like <laughs> there's, a the uh, uh the the this there's a subplot in insidious um where there's like this creepy old ghost lady um and the way that that is handled is truly unsettling for me um there's just something about like i love that uh, movie by the way i i really like it until we see the the demons like apartment uh, <laughs> uh what a day let me take my work boots off it yeah like... this weird like ultra humanizing moment i'm like oh you're not scary anymore like if i see freddy cooper's condo i'm not i'm not really disturbed by him <laughs> make some hamburger helper for dinner yeah um, like uh... i um I want to talk about this, and actually, I think this is a really good topic because I want to hear from you as well, Mariah. Um, you, you're the deep-seated fear of, of of old women. Um, I didn't realize that I was afraid of clowns until I was you, Rambo. You know the story because I told it to you, but I haven't told Mariah yet. Um, we were in Orlando on vacation, and we went to this place called Bahama Bucks. Bahama Bucks is a Hawaiian shave ice place. Absolutely love it. It's like my favorite place in the world. Like if I could live there, I would. Um, like not Orlando, like in the Bahama Bucks, because I just want yeah. shave ice all the time. Um, there is a street performer 
dressed as a clown that's there. And I'm like, the clown's doing his clown thing away from me. And I'm like, cool, okay. I had never really put two and two together that I didn't like clowns as much as I found out on this day that I did. It starts to rain and not just like some drizzle, like hardcore intense rain. Like it's like a, a Florida monsoon, like just drenching rain. And this clown gets underneath one of the outside tables outside of Bahama Bucks underneath an umbrella, right? We're sitting, eating our Bahama Bucks, enjoying it very, very much um, right next to the windows. And this clown is there staring into the building at us as we eat them. And like every single thing in my brain is like, leave, leave now, leave. Why are you here? Why is this going on? What's happening? And like, I can't even say that it was like a flashback or like, like deja vu, but like, I'm just like, I've had a nightmare like this. I know I have. And if I haven't, I don't know why, because this is fucking frightening. And like, I was so freaked out by this. It was so unsettling. It was so, uh, no, no, fuck clowns right in the face. No, thank you. Mm -mm. No. That sounds horrifying. It was, it was, it was fucked up. And well, like, I don't even have photographic evidence of this because I didn't want to take a picture of him. Like that's how fucking afraid of this guy. So, so did it even happen? Did it even happen, Mike? My son was having... there. My wife was there. Like, <laughs> it was a group hallucination. <laughs> oh my God. It's going to be like an episode of the Twilight Zone. I'm going to go ask them to be like, what are you talking about? But, but I swear you were there. You saw it too. Like... We haven't been to Orlando in years. <laughs> oh man, bring him in. We got to know this now. Were the, was it real? Betsy's been dead for ten years. I, yeah, like. I I I like the idea that it's, and it, it makes the most sense to me that it's it's not so much just the clown, as it is the clown in an atmosphere and an ambience that they don't belong in. Yes, that were, juxtaposition, that context. Yes, they were fine. You were fine until like while it was sunny and they were doing like their fun clown thing and like making balloon animals and shit. But when it was suddenly it's raining, it's pouring down rain, and now there's this there's this thing that's not supposed to be here. It's like seeing a it's 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 a uh, uh, Men in Black when when fucking uh, when uh, Jay shoots um, the oh, the cardboard cutout of the little girl, yeah. Because like, what are you doing here? You do not belong in this neighborhood. Something's up. Like <laughs> you are dangerous. <laughs> yep. No, I totally get that. That makes sense to me. Um, I'm glad yeah, it made I don't sense have to somebody. <laughs> so, so this is a total digression, but uh, my mom does cross stitch, right? It's a, it's an art form. It's beautiful. She makes beautiful pieces of work. Um, but I, she asked me what I want, and I said I want something that's creepy and unusual in cross stitch because normally you've got like teddy bears and ducks, like blue ducks with hearts and stuff like that in cross stitch. So there's a website called Unconventional Cross Stitch, and there are things there, images there that do not belong in the context of cross stitch. Like there's mature content, there's like plague doctors, there's a magnificent uh, portrait of Medusa, and I fucking dig that shit. It is awesome. And the fact that it's going to be in a cross stitch form delights me because it is unsettling and it shouldn't be that way. So there's something definitely to be said about context. You guys are oh, looking it up true. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's wicked cool. So it, if you go to, listener, if you go to unconventional cross stitch, um, 
Borat is an awesome artist. I'm also a fan of Lavelle, and I can't decide whether to get one of Borat's or one of Lavelle's. I really like the Nine Lives one. Anyway, totally not related to Stranger Things, but there you go. Do you have a fear or a phobia? Do I have a fear? I don't. So, yes, and I don't know what it is about this moment in this movie that freaked me the fuck out so much that I like had to leave the room. Um, yes, I do. It, so, okay, there's two movies that bother the fuck out of me and I will not rewatch. One is Dante's Peak because everything that those people go through is hideous. Like the acid lake and the melting into lava, like all of it. Like I remember, <laughs> I remember as a kid being like, why as a family are we watching this, this massacre, this horror that is not billed as horror. Yes. So that kind of stuff, I have fears of that. Um, but also War of the Worlds with uh, Cruz. Like there's a moment where they've got the lasers and they're going in the basket and they're going to be like used up or, or that makes me sweat. There's something about the laser and the um, inhuman mechanical death thing that is those aliens like that makes me sweat and i want to leave and i've, I've got to like go take a drink or something so that, i don't that know how fits, that in that fits though because the way you described the villains in stranger things that were the most unsettling to you were the unthinking inhuman aspects like that's true the, yeah like the the mind flayer like that was fucking frightening to you because it can't be reasoned with like that's like like term arguing around yeah. it or we, yeah. yeah we talked about like um and during a rewatch and then I swear to God we're gonna get back into Stranger Things, um we talked about during a rewatch of the original Terminator movie how Terminator Two is an action flick, the first Terminator is a horror pure movie. horror movie straight up yeah and like the most frightening aspect is is you can't be like look I just won't have kids just fucking leave me alone like. No, there's no, there's no bargaining. There's no escape. Like this thing will kill you, even if its legs have been chopped off. Like it is going to keep coming for you. Like and the that's, feeling, yeah. the feeling that I get, the only way I can really describe it is that moment when you're climbing up something, and there's no, nothing to grab onto, and you, there's no control. There's you can't reason with the cliff. That you can't change the fact that yeah. there's no hold there. Yeah, and you start to sweat and panic because you're gonna fall. So not that I've ever gone um rock climbing ever <laughs> but that's like I, maybe i've had a nightmare about it anyway that's yeah. how i feel about those things there's something about uh werewolves that really freaks me out that it's in the really vein. because it's it's a it's this like embodiment of hunger like it's pure instinct and all it wants to do is eat Mm. Um, and, and the same way, like, yeah, you can't talk to it. There's no reasoning with it. There's no convincing it of anything. Um, because when you're hungry, you're hungry. You're, um, one of my favorite villains in, in movies is Boy from Little Monsters. Because- oh gosh, that's a blast from the past. All Boy wants is a friend. That's it. And that is such a baseline human desire that you can't talk him out of it. Um, and 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 there's also like, you know, like the way they have him set up, like as like Frank Whaley wearing like the little kids uh, uh, school uniform is really me like, creepy and messed up. But that's like, 
he just wants someone to be his companion and it's it's equal parts tragic and disturbing um and yeah there's there's so you and you also get the combination of like the sentience and the the agency of the creature with um the the like you know kind of freight train pressing need of like no i want this thing um and there's no substitution for it um yeah that's 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 always been something that stuck with me um and even like uh um like there's a couple of werewolves that, that you have to fight in the witcher uh three and for some reason they always really creep me out something about like this thing that just all it wants to do is come and eat you is just like, really unsettling to me. i you know that's fair because i'll tell you another thing that th there's an aspect to that that freaks me out um it's whenever you see um sci-fi for instance when they start doing sci-fi horror and there's some sort of it's either a way an alien reproduces or a way a virus spreads where it just hijacks the human body and turns them into some sort of monster. Yeah. That that the idea that your body is no longer your own. Alien plays on that big time because yeah. I mean it's yeah, like the, the that idea is is unsettling to me. Like the werewolves are the same thing. Your body is no longer your own. You are now a monster and there's nothing you can do about it. That's yeah unsettling um, Have you guys played little nightmares no i i bought it and i never started it it's, so, it's one of like mini games sitting on my uh my ps5 i started it i didn't get very far and i was like freaking out because it's scary as fuck is it really? and my daughter who is now 18 i guess she was like 16 at the time she comes up to me she like pats my shoulder mommy do you need me to hold your hand while we play this <laughs> i was like maybe First of all, fuck you. Second of all, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's that it's that thing where like you are tiny, you are insignificant, and there are all these giant monsters who just by their mere existence will decimate you. Yeah. I um I think that's the perfect segue for us to go into the second half of Stranger Things season four. Um oh, Lord. This was this is this was the most intense season they've had by far. Um, they managed to take a show that was really compelling at all points, continues to up the ante every series, every season, and then this season took it even further. And like, we we start off with the giant revelation at the end of season at the end of the first part that Henry Creel, the son of Victor Creel is basically he's one of, he's another one of these telepaths one of these like i don't even know what to describe the group as other than these experimental mutants essentially that's what they are they're like gene gray only like much darker um we also see that joyce and hopper are reunited plus we also get fucking karate um <laughs> like i just oh, blanked on his uh, name fucking brick gilman uh, uh what's his name um Murray. Stop asking and I'll Murray. remember. Oh, you got yeah. karate, <laughs> karate Murray. Fuck, that was so great. Just him, just kicking ass and like amazed that he can kick ass was just great. Um, but we find out that the Vecna, the the main villain, is Henry, and that like his backstory was just so. It, I can't even like. There's so many times when you get a villain's backstory and you feel bad for him. 
there's a certain amount of empathy that you feel for them. And you're like, I understand why they became what they became. No, man, but, this this kid came out wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. When he's just like, oh, well, I this I have the ability, so I should just be able to kill whoever I want. And like to just murder your own family and then pass out. But then for Matthew Modine's character to just be like, hey, cool, I'm going to put a tattoo of you on your arm and then I'm going to fuck with you. Like, man. We talked about this, and if you guys should listen to it, if you don't, uh, our At The Diner podcast, uh, myself, Rambo, and our buddy MC Brooks, we talk about this with the, the, the series The Boys, where there are no dynamic good slash bad characters in that show. And I feel like with Stranger Things, we see that with Matthew Modine's character. We see that, that like, yeah, okay, there's times where Papa is, like, you, you don't want to root for him, but you understand him. But like this guy did some awful shit and he essentially created this problem. Like he created what's happening in Hawkins and now across the world, it's happening in Russia as well. Like he created this in messing with these children's minds to create these weapons. And like the fact that we get this giant showdown between um, and it's funny they do this in the in the second half of the show, and it was really really funny because like it's almost like they knew that fans were going to do this. Um, we don't know what, exactly what to call the villain. Is he Henry? Is he one? Is he Vecna? Like, and um, Maya um, Hawk does the best job of this, where she's just like she calls him all three. She's like, are we calling him Henry? What are we doing? Like, it, it's it's so layered and it's so deep and it's so complex but it's so engaging. Like I couldn't turn this off. Like once I started it, like it was what, four hours total for the end of the series for yeah. the last two episodes? It was, was it more than that? Yeah, was it more than four hours? Rambo, are you looking it up? I don't want to look it yeah. up if you're looking it up. I'm being lazy. Uh, none of us are lazy, it's fine. Like, uh, So dear listeners, we are all now doing research we should have done beforehand. Great radio. <laughs> Yeah. Um, either either way, I was completely enraptured in this. And like bathroom breaks, like that was the only thing we would pause for. Like you, we were in this and we were watching the entire thing. And like, you're so wrapped up in these stories. And Rambo, you did a, a great job of describing this earlier. They take these disparate story pieces and make them tie together. And they do this awesome thing where you have three parallel stories. You got your California kids, you got your Indiana kids, and then you got the shit going on in Russia. And they're all running parallel. But then you start noticing, wait a minute, they're starting to converge. They're starting to come together. And then they all come together. And like one of them comes together sooner than the other one. And you're like, well, when's the other piece going to come together too? And they just managed to pull it all together and keep the story interesting. And like, I didn't have any points where I was just like, I don't really care about what's going on in this spot. Because at first it was the California thing, like you said, you know, like, uh, thanks, John, for being boring as fuck. And no one cares. Like, you're, you're I pe- feel sad and conflicted. Yeah, fucking welcome to being a teenager, man. Like, Yeah, yeah. Here, have some weed and pizza. That'll fix it. Like, <laughs> uh, Also, uh, just under four hours. Chapter, just under chapter four. Chapter eight is an hour and 25. Uh, chapter nine is two hours and 19. Jeez. Like, once they start looking for L. That was great. Like, and then we have like, they have a purpose, I feel like, instead of like, we're just on spring break. Um, the whole L thing though, too, it's it's like you you have to watch this poor girl relive her trauma. 
And like, she has to relive her trauma in order to be a hero. And that kind of sucks for her because it's, it's, that was one of the things that I had a really hard time because you're rooting for her to get her powers back. But at the same time, you're like, do you want her to get her, do you, like, I felt like she deserves a normal life. She's just a, a little. Yeah, but like, she wasn't very good at normal. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I feel like it's that, it's that TikTok, you know, it's that I'm just a baby. Like that's, <laughs> that's L the whole time. I'm like, you're just a baby. Just let, like, let her live her life. Like I just wanted her to have a normal life where she got to do normal things and she doesn't get to do normal things. Only stranger things. Hmm. God Very nice. <laughs> you know, there's a moment there's a moment in Stranger Things where they're super progressive. Yep. And that's when she refuses to forgive Papa. Because you look at movies maybe, I don't know, five, ten years ago, the females are always gonna forgive the male, right? Um, in this, she uh she's the heroine and she doesn't forgive him. Yeah. And I thought that agency, that ability to do that, and we're all rooting for her not to forgive. Like, it was a big deal that she yeah. could do that and still be the heroine of the show. Yeah. Piggybacking off of that, I was really pleased with the way they handled um, her getting her powers back. Because it, it's, it's clearly something that she wants, but knowing she's going to have to deal with uh, and like rehash all this trauma, um, it really falls to her. Like it's her decision whether or not uh, she's going to do this. And of course, Papa's like, no, 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 you have to. And thankfully you have, you know, Paul Reiser's character. who's like, no, it's, we, we decided it's going to fall to her. And she, it, it is her decision to go, go forward with it. Um, you know, you can make the argument of like, well, you know, she was in a position where she sort of had to, um, but you know, ultimately she didn't, she, she could have chosen like, no, I, I, I'm not going to deal with that anymore. Um, you know, past is the past kind of thing. Um, but the fact that they, that they put the ball in her court and were like, all right, you make the choice as to whether or not you're going to be the one to, to experience this because you, only you can do it. Um, I was really pleased with the way they handled that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I have conflicting feelings about it. Okay, let's hear them. Well, it, not conflicting feelings. I just, I feel like they did a nice job of showing the monster creator being the monster. Because, you know, you're a monster if you take away someone's agency, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul didn't want for them. But Papa's like all, all about it. He's like, let's let's do this. And he had no qualms about it. So I don't know that that's an argument against what you said, but I just thought... Papa was fascinating to me, just how monstrous. Character, yeah. Because, because, like you said, you you want you you feel like eh, sometimes he's a good person, right? Um, but always, always he's acting in what is actually his self interest. Yeah. Even when he's being kind, he is always the monster. Yeah. And so, what is more frightening, Vecna or Papa? Who's the real monster? Yeah. Because at, at various points, he is pitting children against each other to see who's the strongest. So it becomes this thing where it's almost a, um, and again, another tie into our, our uh, another conversation we had recently. But when you start talking about eugenics, only the strong survive and you pick and you choose and you craft and you trim it up. Like it always starts in one small spot and then becomes bigger. 
and it becomes worse. And it, you, you make choices to decide who gets to do what. And it, it, you're taking away somebody's freedom, which is a fundamental right that we should all have. And it, again, it just makes me, it makes me feel so bad for her as a character because you saw it, like, like you said, she doesn't fit in anywhere. She has no people other than our crew, other than our boys, you know? Like, she fits in with them. She fits in with Mike and Will and Dustin and Lucas and Max. And, like, that's her family. But, like, when they try to put her in her school, and that in that first part of the season, it was so fucking adorable, the diorama she made of her and Hopper. And then they smash it, and they make fun of her, and, like, just, ah, oh, fuck. That's why that girl deserved that skate to the face. Like... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole theme through the whole thing. Who's the real monster? Like yeah. Eddie Munson versus the basketball dude. Like, and, well, and isn't that fascinating? It turns out, like when you were talking Rambo about the basketball guy, he's so charming. I can't remember his name because I don't, oh, I didn't I like, yeah. I didn't like watching him. Yeah, fuck him. Who cares? But yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not enjoy his arc because I was constantly pissed and creeped out and cringed by him, which, you know, he did his job um, as an actor. But You've got the basketball cult versus the D&D cult. And which one is actually the destructive cult? Yeah. I think through the entire thing, they did an amazing job of pulling that theme out. That's all I have to I, say about that. Oh, yeah. no, absolutely. And, and I, I, it's, it's, it is in line with um, a, a truism that I've found in that, like, the people that I know who are really into horror and, and like, not, and not even just people I know, but, like, horror writers and um and and creators they seem to be the most well-adjusted people and it's the people who are um really set against any like exploring any kind of darkness with human beings um acknowledging any kind of trauma or pain those are the people that are the most likely to um vote republican uh and <laughs> like you know make 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 negative decisions on behalf of other people um uh um be more pent up be more uh potentially dangerous um it's 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 so rarely the folks who are like um willing to to tap into that that part of themselves and humanity overall um and that's the thing like you know Eddie is a character that is acknowledging uh, his own pain and his uh, his difficulties and his struggles, um, and using that to express himself through music, through games, through um, through uh, uh, just like the way he carries himself. And with I'm trying to find this fucking character's name, but I can't find it. Um, with the with Catherine baseball basketball team, like. It's, it felt very much like he wasn't someone who ever had to deal with any kind of loss before or any kind of like real tragedy. And when he did, it broke him. Um, and you know, there's there's a lot of speculation you can make about like where that character comes from and what that's supposed to represent. But I think overall, like you, you have, with Eddie, you have someone who is much more honest about who they are and what their experiences have been like. Uh, and with the other guy, it's someone who is not even necessarily putting on a, a, a brave face, but um, 
it comes from very much from a place of privilege. Uh, like we know that that Eddie, you know, he lives in a trailer with his uncle and um, seemingly Patrick. You know, Patrick. Patrick. Um, I mean, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Close enough to Dick, is, so you know that works. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, like he, you know, he comes from a place of privilege and 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 like money and comfort, uh, and so when like, I mean, think of, think of it this way: like when bad shit happens to the people that you know that are like you know who have depression, who have money problems and shit, do they break down and crumble, or do they go, oh fuck, fine, let's deal with this too? A lot of times, like the first ones <laughs> making jokes about it, you know? Yeah, like. <laughs> You develop coping <laughs> strategies. Yeah. There's a comedian who talks about that, and I'll look him up and tell you who he is later. But he's talking about how when he if he were ever to be in a plane crash, the people he would look to for guidance on emotional whatever is people with anxiety. Because yeah. they'd be like, you know what? My parents yeah. aren't on this plane telling me how I should have lived my life. So, you know, it's just a basic plane crash. I'm fine with this. Yeah. And that would help him bring his anxiety from way up high to medium, which is more appropriate for a plane crash. I got to say, though, there's a really good point in that. And then this will be perfect lead time for you to look him up. Um, think about all the people that you know that have depression, that have anxiety. One of the things that happens with a lot of people with anxiety, as I'm, I'm sure some of you guys are aware, is you, you're this consummate planner for shit that may never happen. But then when it does happen, guess what you're ready for? Yeah. And like that, that's the kind of thing, like he, as soon as this happened to Eddie, he knew exactly what to do. And Rambo, you made a really, really good point when you talked about um, as soon as uh, Patrick uh, or Captain Dick, as I'm going to refer to him as, um, as soon as he had some trauma, he crumbled. But even worse than that was when he started finding out that this girl, Chrissy, was I think it was Chrissy, right? Yeah. Yeah, that this Chrissy that he had built up as the perfect foil to his captain of the basketball team, the, 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 the head cheerleader, like he had developed an image of her that wasn't even real because he didn't know her at all. He didn't know about her anxiety. He didn't know about her depression. He didn't know about the trauma. He didn't know about any of that. Because she didn't go to him with no. any of it. He wasn't and it trustworthy. Was, and it was threatening to him and this false image that he created for this relationship and this false image of her that he that she went to somebody else with her problems. And even worse, the antithesis of him, Eddie. And like... I want to talk about this as well. It's made its rounds around the internet. I'm sure you guys have read it. In fact, I think Mariah, you and I shared it with each other. Um, the article where somebody was talking about that Eddie didn't deserve this, that like Eddie got a raw deal. He got screwed. And the story failed him and all these things about like yeah, how, yeah. He shouldn't ahead. have felt, he shouldn't have felt guilty about Chrissy and he shouldn't have uh, felt like he had to die for it. Like that. There were people who had a really hard time with that aspect of his death. I don't know if that's what you're talking about. I yes. Okay, good. Yeah, no, you yeah, no, you you, you nailed it. I, I think that that's the problem with this is that like a lot of people are are taking what was written for, to be a show in the 80s because that's it's meant to have that feel. And I feel that Eddie's response and reaction to this feeling like I'm not running away, I'm going to die a hero, that that's accurate because that's how he felt. He felt he had been told his entire life that he was a coward. It doesn't matter so much that it's wrong. 
but that's what he's been told and that's what he believes because perception is reality. This dude yeah. believed that. Whether or not it was true, that's a whole nother story. But here's the other thing as we start getting into all the speculative shit. It's funny because both, uh, like the three of us have all shared things with each other, like about Stranger Things, but not like to all of us. So like I'm piecing together all the things that we've shared to each other. Um, Rambo, we were sharing TikToks. And one of the things that we talked about is that there's a tie to D&D &D with this. And that Eddie might actually be representing a D&D &D character I can't remember which one. You know what I'm talking about because now you go to the keyboard. Yeah. Thank you. I really yeah. hope this is true. I really hope yeah. this is true. I think that like Eddie may be coming back. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of the characters that, that have been killed come back. I could see that being the way that they defeat Vecna in season five. On top of that, man, is this an Empire Strikes Back episode like this season? Because boy, does it end on a fucking <laughs> downer because like they lose essentially i mean they beat vecna but it's too late because his plan is already in place and it's turning hawkins into the upside down and, and like man what a fucking bummer like and max is a shell like she's empty inside her head by the way yeah. uh to temper this depressing note um yeah. chad daniels <laughs> is the comedian Look oh up. i love chad daniels Wonderful. he's hysterical oh he's so, so fucking funny and there it is. He, has a, he has a joke about um I, the setup is something like, you know, uh, people willing, willing to die for their children. And like, you know, if uh, if, if something was going to like fall from a great height and land on his child, how he'd like, you know, run over and like, uh, uh, like, <laughs> like die, die, dive at him and like knock him out of the way or something. And he's like, I wouldn't do that shit. I'd be like, hey, Simon, what's your favorite ice cream? <laughs> he goes, man, chocolate chip, bam. It's like, I am a good father. His last thought was something that he loved. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Back to oh, Hawkins and death. <laughs> uh, oh Ca gosh. Cass is the name of the character. Um, Cass is a- Oh, in D&D? &D? Yeah. Um, Cast the Destroyer. Uh, D&D lore, Cast was Vecna's most trusted lieutenant, but after years of service, he betrayed his master. Uh, the two battled, Vecna was injured, and Cast became a vampire. From there, they waged an endless war of attrition, though uh, Cast was nearly destroyed in later, uh, later destruction of their two realms. Um, Isn't there a sword involved? There's a sword involved. Uh, Cast was actually mentioned in season four, uh, in episode one during uh, Eddie's D&D uh, game. Um, that combined with the fact that, I'm oh, sorry, I'm reading this from TBR. Uh, that combined with the fact that Eddie was killed by bats has got some fans giddy with the idea that Eddie would make a comeback. Uh, specifically, they think that Vecna will resurrect him as his lieutenant, and that Eddie will eventually betray Vecna just like Cass did. Um, and then the rest of the article is like, this is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> like, this is not going to happen for all these, all these reasons. Um, it'd be cool. I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I do think it's, um, I think this is a red herring. Uh, yeah. I, I I do too, because after, um, why can't I even remember his name? Max's brother. Billy. Um, Billy, thank you. So one of the things that this series has done is they introduce a new character in each of the subsequent seasons that everyone falls in love with that they kill. Stop talking because I really want I really <laughs> want Joseph Quinn to come back and I'd like to live <laughs> in this fairy tale okay. land I have in my head. Hey. I'm just kidding. Hey, keep, keep until, going. I'm sorry, Mike. Until, until yep. reality resolves itself, whatever you believe to be true yep. is true. 
Yeah. But I can we're, see what Mike's saying. That's yeah. totally right. And I'm they, really upset about it because I'm still grieving the other characters. I gotcha. They fucking killed Barb, man, in season one. And people love them some Barb. And season two, they 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 fucking, they killed Samwise Gamgee. Oh, like, yeah. No, that's a good point. Season three, they killed Billy. Season four, they we we lost we lost Eddie. Like now again too, maybe they'll all come back. Maybe, maybe or not. I mean, who I, knows? I think Billy's the big exception though, because Billy yeah. is not beloved. No, I don't know, man. There was a lot of thirst <laughs> online for him, man. Let me tell uh, you. I mean, wanting to fuck somebody is not the same <laughs> as loving them. Well, <laughs> are, are we not? People all would those? disagree. Hang like on, some people are confused about that a little a bit, maybe. Flashback to my parents <laughs> and their subsequent divorce. Um, but like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh God, this got dark. Um, so it's been dark. Yeah, I know it's been dark. Yeah, we're, we're, we're following a theme here. Um, overall, the, the season was just incredibly captivating. And, and I want to ask a question. Would anybody have been able to binge this entire season all the way through? Fuck no. Ooh. There's no way, right? That's, that, I mean, beyond just like the intensity of it, just the sheer volume, like. Right, yeah. That's, yeah, no, that, that's asking a lot. I think that like, cause I was thinking about this the other day and I've noticed a shift in the way that we, as as people, view um, the streaming content. Because remember when it was like super popular for people to be like, oh, um, this weekend I'm not leaving the house and I'm gonna watch all 47 seasons of The Office back to back to back. And like people would binge a lot of stuff. And like, I'm starting to see that people are, are shying away from this, which is honestly, I think a good thing. Because like when I think of like the way Disney Plus does it, where you get like an episode a week, I think that makes better one for better retention. You're able to like remember the stuff that happened because you're not watching all of it at one time. But it also gives us the ability to do the greatest geek thing that we can possibly do, and that's discuss it between ourselves and like really talk about the story elements, really like dig into the pieces of it and be like, hey, this is what I thought this was, or I didn't really get this part. And then somebody else is able to explain it to you. Like that's the thing that was missing when we were doing these massive binges. So honestly, even if you could do all like 77 hours of season four, I don't think I would want to. Like I need to yeah, break it up. I I think that, um, well, I think there, there's, there's, there's two sort of catalysts for this. One is the, the Disney plus approach and, and to some degree like, um, and like Amazon prime and a couple of services yeah. of kind of teasing things out. Um, also just from like a a uh a practical like financial standpoint for them like yeah. if you can just go and binge all of the mandalorian there's no real benefit and, like if you only watch like a handful of shows and yeah. all of it drops on one day and you can watch it in one day there's no real benefit for you to maintain the subscription yeah um use those that, that free month subscription yeah like, yeah yeah knock yeah. out that you know generate a new email knock out that one week um <laughs> and lunsford too yeah but, uh but i i so so there's that and i think also um quarantine burned out a lot of folks man like yeah. you know being it is it is a great benefit being able to access all of this content and watch you know effectively what you want when you want um and in volume um but you know you eat enough cake and you're gonna get sick like you you start to get um tired of it you start to get you know uh, uh 
maybe even resentful of it because there's just too much of the same thing. There was an interesting thing that happened um, when, when Mad Men came to streaming. A lot of the episodes, particularly in the first season or two, would end with Don Draper uh, like reflecting on how horrible his life has been and how awful the decisions he's made have been. And they would end with him like alone in his house. And oftentimes they would end with him sitting on the stairs going up to his second floor in the house. And so if you would if you would binge the, sh the show, you would just get like the same kind of ending over and over and over again. And you would just keep seeing that over and over. Um, and it kind of like, to some degree, like uh, 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 demystifies like some storytelling techniques um, in that, you know, you're like, yeah, oh, you're gonna end there again? Okay, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's definitely a place for um, pacing things out uh, for the option to to go through and, and see things, uh, um, you know, slowly. Uh, but I'm also not going to be opposed to, you know, having ready access to full seasons of things and, and like full franchises um, to, to watch when I'd like. I don't think I could have binged all of the uh, white violence in this season. It was intense. Ooh, I, had a, yeah. I had a really hard time. <laughs> with that last battle between Lucas and Patrick, like the whole time I'm just crawling in my seat. It was just so hard to watch with our current events. Um, I get why it was necessary for the storytelling, but it was just so fucking unpleasant. I'll tell you the one that got me, man. And they even put a disclaimer in the beginning of the season for it um, because they had created, they started creating this season in 2020. Like, yeah, that's how delayed this got because of COVID, but like, when they had to put the disclaimer in there because there had been another shooting about all of the dead kids in the facility uh, that that was rough dude like i'm watching that and i'm like this is uncomfortable and i was like i'm actually really glad they gave us a disclaimer for this because like it, it kind of prepared you for it but like yeah i i get what you're saying this was this season was a lot and like yeah. it was very intense it, it hit on a lot of things um I do want to mention though, I love that Kate Bush is getting her shine right now. I love that I get in the car. Paid. Yes, I get in the car and her that running up that hill that is fucking on the radio all the time. I crank that shit. Like I'm so happy that she's getting some some bank off of this. Like that's that's really, really fucking cool. Um Have you listened to the whole album? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh good, good, yeah. Because yeah, Waking actually, the Witch is creeping me out. I went, okay, so judge me all you want. Um, I went old school with it. I was like, I want the experience I would have had if I had owned this album when I was a kid. So I don't have you, a I don't have a Walkman anymore. So I took my phone and I got some headphones and I had the whole album and I laid down on my bed and I put my headphones on and didn't look at anything and I just listened to it. And like it was something I found out when I was doing my other, the, the Stop Me If You Heard This podcast, it's about music, that Eddie Vedder said, that's why he doesn't like Pearl Jam making music videos. He's like, you should lay on like a, a bed with some headphones and just listen to the music and the music video should be what you see in your head when you hear the music. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck yeah, Eddie Vedder, all right, cool. So like, yeah, no, I went old school and listened to the whole album. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly gonna start doing that more often because I really enjoyed it. It was very like, very soothing, very like, like almost like meditative in a way. Yeah, and, and the fact that she was so influenced by Pink Floyd, if you've ever listened to their stuff, 
beginning to end. Like you can really see how she was drawing on that same kind of musical storytelling. Oh yeah. But I just I just loved the device of adding to Max's character, um, and how much a, a music was a weapon in this, and being able to in the real world go out there and experience it in in our own time. I'm also glad that they chose that instead of something um, cliche for what she was listening to. Like, I'm glad that it, I mean, it would have been funny actually if it was like Whitney Houston or something like that. Like she's going up against Vecna and it's like, how will I know he really loves me? Like that would have been dope, but like. Yeah, but thematically, yeah. No, I think think you've hit on that. Her stuff was thematically appropriate to it. I bet they, I want want to know what that sounded like, that that conversation. Which, what album, what singer are we going to use and who they discounted and why? Yeah. Yeah, the Duff, I, the Duffer brothers really have a grasp on on like making this feel like it's in the eighties. So, when the 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 use of of music, um, using art as a um, a coping mechanism and a coping tool, uh, having having music be uh, the thing that will prevent Vecna from really getting his hooks into you. Um, you know, like my first uh, first major breakup, I was just playing uh, My Comical Romance on a loop. Like it was, uh, I think it was Three Cheers uh, for Sweet Revenge, just like over and over again. And it was really, really helpful and, and really helped me to, to get past that. Um, and, you know, having it be that you, you know, because that, that that's how Vecna functions is he preys on trauma and he preys on despair um and having music be um like a literal lifeline um and life preserver in the sense of like it is the thing that will keep him at bay um is a really uh really effective metaphor yeah i definitely have an album like that too i have um it's gravity by our lady peace like that was the first like like breakup I had where somebody like a girl like broke my heart and like I listened to that whole album like on repeat like like for weeks like yeah and music is therapy it really is um I wanted to talk before we uh kind of kind of wrap things up here I want to talk about what you guys think is going to happen in season five um but also I'm, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we've missed because there's so much that's the thing is it's such a such a densely packed season it's hard to hit everything um oh before we get into that before we get into what we think we're going to see in season five fucking shout out to metallica for <laughs> for backing up is it, it's joseph quinn is that right Joseph Quinn, yeah yeah for backing joseph quinn up because at one point um, on their Twitter, or not on their Twitter, on their TikTok, I guess somebody was just like, oh, well now now because of Stranger Things, you're getting all these fake Metallica fans. And James Hetfield was like, nah, homie, these are all Metallica fans. They're Everybody- new Metallica fans, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, he's like, we don't gatekeep people when it comes to our music. And I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, hell yeah. And there is a video out there of Joseph Quinn meeting Metallica and I playing with them. And it's so fucking great. Like, yeah, and you can tell that he is just like giddy getting to meet them. It's 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 really fucking cool. So I saw one response to all of that, and and it wasn't so much gate about gatekeeping. It was, you know, honor your elders. All of those people who got made fun of and dumped on because whether it was D and D or Metallica, like it wasn't mainstream. Like respect the people who suffered because they loved that before you, um, and honor that. 
while at the same time enjoying it now, which is part of the whole point of Stranger Things season four. Like people got shit on just for loving yeah. what they love. I think that- Yeah, absolutely. I think that the important thing with that, and I'm not saying that anybody you know, in present company would ever do this, but that's that's the difficulty with it, is that so many of us grew up, like it not being socially acceptable for me to have a lightsaber collection like if if i invited a girl over and she saw that you know you're a nerd oh my god like whatever it be and like the problem is is a lot of nerds that took that abuse and and teasing and bullying it, it festered and turned into something gross as we are in this golden age of geekdom where it's now socially acceptable for all of us to love the things that we love and like they're turning on these people who would have made fun of them years ago. You made fun of me years ago. You're not a real fan because there's that bitterness and, and leftover rage inside. And like, thankfully it's not happening. Um, with, that's why we created this group in the first place. That's why we created this website. But like, it's, it's, a, it's a slippery slope when it comes to that sort of thing. And I guess, yeah, I mean, and we're seeing that with, with Stranger Things. They're trying to touch on that. And like trying to expand upon these things that like like the the D D thing is the one that gets me the most because I remember hearing that when I was a kid. Oh, this is devil worshiping. You can't play this. I remember being told as a kid I wasn't allowed to play D D. So if you really wanted to get into deep seated reasons why I've never played a D D campaign, Rambo, it's because my dad told me that it was devil worshiping and I wasn't allowed to. Oh yeah, like, that surprised me. Yeah. yeah, like that. That's the kind of thing that we're talking about here. Like even though some of us have that trauma left over of like, I got teased and made fun of, so you can't now pretend like it's cool. It, it, it's hard. And I, and I wanna make sure that like people understand that too. I'm not shitting on people who still have that resentment because it's legit, you know? Like it's hard to like let go of those feelings because we all felt it, but like, it's such an unhealthy thing. And like growing past that is, is a, an important step in anybody's maturation, you know, and just having a healthy future. You're here. I, I definitely agree with that. And I, I would add though that like, it becomes an excuse for um, people who haven't been self-reflective, who haven't dealt with their own trauma to keep pushing it forward, uh, to, to maintain these cycles of abuse. Um, you know the the number of uh, uh, of nerds I've seen who will look at you know young women who get into uh, uh, anything pick, pick you know your 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 particular geekdom um, or or you know uh, uh, interest and all they're doing is lashing out at like a girl that maybe once wasn't as nice to you as you hoped she would be like homie i'm sorry that you didn't get to take somebody to a dance but <laughs> like this isn't what's going on um and that girl does not represent everyone who ever broke your heart 100 um and they're not all named you know, sharon bud well and think about the fact that like you know I got into this fucking conversation with this guy on Facebook once who was- That's dangerous, one... Rambo. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's dangerous to go alone. <laughs> a dangerous pastime, I know. Um, and it was just this guy who 
I just I just felt like sorry for him because it was this guy who was just coming from this place of like you know do, doing like all the all your standard gatekeeping shit uh, about like you know real fans and and you know all this stuff that like you know used to be ours and now it's you know it's so popular and I'm like we have a Guardians of the Galaxy movie there's you know there, there's there's uh, 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 whole like there are billion dollar industries now based around comic books and and sci-fi and fantasy like we won and all this guy can see is you know the jock who pushed him down when he was reading comics in school and like dude that was a long time ago and i'm not going to pretend that like your pain's not real but at the same time fucking suck it up like <laughs> fucking goddamn adult come um, down off your cross i love yeah, that we like won it's a, it's a yeah. real sh it, it does it's, suck and it is a bummer that you had to deal with that but you know maybe talk to that guy maybe talk to the person that like wronged you and see if you can't make peace with it um or a because, therapist or a fucking therapist jesus Please. christ like, <laughs> like seek professional yeah. help that's that's the one thing that is still lacking in the show, but fits with the '80s vibe. Nobody goes to see a therapist, and like no. I feel like I feel Both like they're not crazy, Mike. I, mean, I went to a therapist thrice, I think, in the '80s. And what's crazy is like he fixed my issue. I was having um, flashbacks from a really horrific car accident I was in when I was nine. Fucked up my face all sorts of things. And so he did hypnotherapy, amazing, wonderful, fixed all of these flashbacks I was having and I was able to actually be like a human being living out my nine-year-old life. But what's crazy is the man, as good as he was, when we went back to get records for the court case, he had gone off to like Cuba and was living his best life with some random chick. So like all of this magnificent expertise is out out of the country, not available <laughs> for anybody else. Just sunning on a beach, drinking a Cuba Libre, like just living his best life. I fixed Mariah Beach board. I don't have to do anything else. <laughs> Check that off the list. On the fights. Isn't that the most random thing? Like really what? what? Sorry, we don't have these records for the court case because he's absconded with some chick. He's uh, out of the country. He's expatriated uh, from the country. So yeah, we got nothing. And Welcome to the eighties. Is records with him, like <laughs> well, so, just like, so many just like wistfully looking through them on a beach somewhere, like ah yes, man, I so think they, they were in business by themselves. They were like in business by themselves, so you don't have like an office manager or a person oh, yeah. taking care of those records. It was like the wild, wild west, at least as far as I'm aware in therapy. And thank God we have some some more, I don't know, industry in therapy nowadays. I, um, yeah, like it's, <laughs> we won nerds. We did. And, um, uh -huh. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of this is, um, I remember somebody seeing, um, it was actually in our group. Somebody was like, oh, this person is playing a D and D campaign and they don't really like D and D they're not into it. They're just doing it because it's cool. And I was like, stop real quick. I was like, I want you to think about that for a second. I was like, think about that. 
I was like, when was this cool before? They were like, it wasn't. I was like, fucking exactly. People who really aren't even into it are doing it now so that they can get clout, so they can look cool. That's dope as fuck, dude. I was like, that means we won. I was like, they're making a D&D movie. We won. We've won everything. It's going to keep getting better. I was like, think about that. Instead of you having to pretend like you're into sports when you're not into sports, somebody's pretending to be into D&D. So you'll think they're cool. I was like, that's amazing. Oh, well, still, no, you know, just, okay, I tried. And yeah, at a yeah. certain point, if, if, you know, there's something to be said for like, you know, uh, uh, someone trying to own victimhood. Like, if you just want to be mad about this, cool, you can do that. Um, and like, are there posers and people who just do shit for clout uh, or, or to seem cool? Sure, sure there are. Um, Let's not assume that every person that comes to something for the first time is doing that though. And even if that's the case, so what? what? Yeah. How does that ruin your experience? <laughs> well, like I don't the, think everybody reason... everybody who's here to see this Captain America movie actually like knows about Captain America and like its history and like, cool, so what? Who like, gives a fuck? The reason people do things isn't always your business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And hey, hey, maybe someone got into something because it was trendy and it was the, the like like new like cool shit to do and then liked it and then kept going with it, it, it well, it's it's good here's the other thing maybe someone got it like saw that it was cool now and saw it was safe to like it there's absolutely that there you go there's yep. like the stigma has been lifted exactly. um and you know it, it's it's up there with like the 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 whole like you know people the backlash to to like teen girls reading twilight like you mean to tell me that there's a bunch of young women who are reading something with like a horror underscore to this and you don't think that they're going to pick up anything else after that like you don't think that this is now going to lead to more people reading horror overall like I'm not saying you gotta like those books, but that opens doors. Like the, the thing about gateways is they lead to other places. <laughs> um, and and yeah, it's you shouldn't like know. this because it's bad, but I do like it. I, what's I don't better? Like it, therefore, you shouldn't give me something what? better. Like that's the other thing. Hey, if you like this, then you should try this. Like yeah, it, it's you know Amazon before Amazon. You know how it goes. Um, season five. I, Elle is fully developed as far as like her powers. I feel like she's like a fully, fully developed jet, Jedi with the powers of the force. And cause that's the analogy they seem to be going with a lot of times with this is there's a lot of Star Wars analogies uh, here. Um, in fact, I made a Star Wars analogy to the first part of uh, season four where Vecna is Vader. Like he was Anakin and then he got turned into Vader because he got burned more or less and now he's vengeful against the people that did this to him so he's going to have his revenge um i thought there were a lot of parallels there except for well no i guess i was gonna say anakin wasn't a sociopath but eh, yeah. yeah he was yeah he was well, uh, no, he's a he's a kid he was a he was a kid who was enslaved yeah <laughs> and, like, and then killed a bunch of other children you know then, like, i mean like well papa enslaved one so you know yeah, yeah maybe, the maybe there's varying degrees of psychopathicness uh, yeah. between between vecna and anakin yeah 
See, I don't. I I look at Anakin as being someone who um, essentially had like a psychotic break at some point, but up to that point was just a person who had been through a lot of trauma. Henry was murdering animals. <laughs> like, That's right. He, he was. Yeah. He was Fuck, I forgot he was about a that. Sociopath. Oh, like straight up. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Shit when yeah. he was little. Um, and 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 fucking funny enough, Kate, when we were watching it before they got the reveal, Katie was like, "Something's up with that kid." <laughs> <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, she's she picks up on shit that I will miss. Like I, there will be like thematic things that will go right over her head, but she will pick up on plot points that I will miss completely. So like, do you guys talk to each other? Do you oh, talk absolutely. to each other and work it out together during the show as it progresses? Definitely, yeah. Like I, feel like there, there there that that our, I feel like all three of us do that with our. I feel like all three of us do that with our partner, though, because like Sandy and I were doing that during this, where because like when I told you about like the chip, and I was like, "It's fucking X Men," like, um, but like we were figuring things out together, and we would talk through it, and like I'm I'm assuming that you and Dave do this as well, right, Mariah? Yeah. So I um well see I have a problem <laughs> where I would talk too much, and finally we now have this understanding in our marriage where where I'll be like. Do you want me to tell you what I think is going to happen rather than blurting it out and then being right? So we have a very healthy understanding in our marriage. However, I will tell you while watching Prey, I caught myself shouting out many things all the time. So I still have some personal work to do on myself. So yes and no is the answer to that question. I gotcha. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a struggle. I mean, we're all working, you know, like it's it, you're making progress. Um, that's honestly the fun, the best part about this. And this is what I love about this part uh, of, of our conversation as well, is that we're all talking through it and giving our like thoughts and like opinions and like, hey, this is what we thought was going on. Um, but yeah, like there's something that he said about watching it with somebody else that you love and like getting both sides of it. Like Rambo, you pointed out that like there's certain thematic things that she'll miss that you'll catch. I do the same thing. Like Sandy got really confused by the flashbacks in this season where Elle was young and she's like, so I don't understand, is she actually there? And I'm like, no, she's a little girl. She's reliving her memories. And she's like, yeah, but she's like 18 now. And like, what? And I'm like, when she looks in the mirror, look, look how little she is. And she's like, oh, I still don't get it. And I'm like, <laughs> but then she'll get other things that are like way above that. And I'm just like, how do you get that? But not, it, everybody's brain is different, you know? Like some things you get, some things you don't. Yeah. And and things that, are, that might be obvious, one person will be complete mysteries another. There's a... um a visual metaphor that shows up in the the end of the first season of Fargo and when it when it it, it shows up and you're like oh this re clearly represents this thing and then it shows up again in the last episode and they have subverted what it represented and I was just like fucking ball it's the thing and I was watching it with Katie and our friend Josh and they're both like what the hell are you talking about and I pause it and I now I'm like okay so they introduced this thing here and it represents <laughs> this thing here and then they, they follow through here and now we have this thing and that <laughs> are you like, professor rambo yes. they're like oh you're also Flow seeing chart. you're also seeing the whiteboard aren't you cuz i'm seeing the whiteboard yes, where he's like yeah yes yes i am seeing exactly that <laughs> for anyone who's who's watched fargo it's the wolf the wolf that shows up um in the last like three episodes maybe it shows up in two scenes, um, uh, one with Colin Hanks and one later with uh, Billy Bob Thornton. And it is designed to rep seemingly designed to represent like, it represents one character in one scene. And then when you see it again later on, it represents a completely different character. And it's fucking cool. I need to watch that. By the way, 
total ADHD moment here I would like to share with you. Um, I have all this stuff pulled up on the left monitor because my son has dual monitors in addition to all this because he's, he's a pro yeah i got you yeah so if you look up kate bush encyclopedia.com her picture looks like it's like one of those mid expression captures on a disposable camera and i feel like they could have chosen a better one or maybe it's oh wait i think it's an album cover that they truncated she has a very expressive face when I do a Google search for her. Cause there's like at a Google search, the third picture in, like it's not the best, it's not the most flattering picture, but it shows a lot of personality. And it's just like, <laughs> like, like she's like laughing at something, like somebody like made it like a fart joke and she's just like, <laughs> fart joke. Like, like, yeah, very expressive face. And like. That sounds like a really not nice way to describe someone. Very expressive. Well, no, I see. I think I take but, that as, as good. Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like I want somebody to have some emotion in their face. I don't want dead eyes. Like I don't want like like no emotion. Like or like 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 Zoolander. Like he's got all the different looks, and they're all the same look. Like Blue Steel and the Tigra. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Like yeah. Anyway, that was my ADHD uh, train derailment that I took you guys on, and thank you for accompanying me. You yeah. like a mu musical cue for those ADHD derailment. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what's going to happen in season five? Yes. What is going to happen in season five? Um, I think if we're um, sticking with the sort of like overall Star Wars through line, um, we now have that the Upside Down is, is officially broken into um, this dimension, universe, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so indisputably people in Hawkins are gonna have to deal with that. Um, I think what what started as like a group of like, you know, four friends, um, you know, finding a girl in the woods and kind of having to deal with that on their own, as the series has scaled, um, I think that that scale is just going to keep increasing. And so we're going to end up having it be like a sort of, um, oh, is it homecoming? It, there's there's a, the Buffy episode when the entire school graduates. Oh, it's graduation. Um, and, and they all pull out weapons and fight the monster. Like the town of Hawkins is now going to be the team. Like I think Elle's basically going to be the official unofficial leader. Um, but I think everybody's going to fall into some position. Like I am, I'm excited about the potential for the parents to, to step up and like be fighting monsters with their kids. Um, I feel like that's going to be really cool. Um, and I think it ends up also being sort of a civil war thing where Vecna starts, uh, uh, like getting his hooks into various people. And I think you're going to end up having to have like family fighting family and friends fighting friends um, because yeah, there's just no avoiding uh, uh, the sort of all out um, chaos and, and, and madness that, you're, that he's been clearly been building to. Um, I think it's very likely also that the various other monsters that we've seen throughout the previous seasons are all gonna reappear in some fashion um, as, you know, sort of like uh, uh, generals and lieutenants. Um, and yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I in, in looking stuff up for, for this, uh, Google says that the budget for this season was $270 million. Jeez Louise. And wow. 
I'm yeah. sure they'll clear 300 in the next season. Um, we didn't mention it, and I wanted to point this out um, before we before we I go into my thoughts and before Mariah goes into hers. Um, if in seeing Hopper chop the head off of the Demogorgon when they were in that Russian prison, you thought to yourself, man, that sword that he's holding, boy, <laughs> does that look like Conan the Barbarian's sword. Guess what? It fucking was. Really? And yes. not, just, not just modeled after the literal prop that yes. they used in Conan the Barbarian. Yes. That is the sword. So yes. why? So that's an obvious choice. Why did they do that? I, I mean, I I know it might play in with Cass, but why did they choose of all the swords? Like they could have had something that was not in the vault. You know, the history vault of movie making. Why that one? I think it's 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 more an Easter egg than anything else. Uh, I think it ends up being one sort of keeping in in line with the overall uh, like D and D themes of the show. Like Eddie goes out as a bard. Like that's bardic inspiration. Like, that, like, yeah, uh, uh, you know, like, like him playing the solo or that song is is you know straight up him casting a spell, and I think that is a mo perfect moment to have Hopper, who has been through. I mean, like Jim Hopper, uh, when he when he can, he settles things with his mind. But nine times out of ten, he's telling something with his fists. Like, so he's a barbarian. So he's a barbarian, exactly. I think it's a it's both a a meta call back to the movie and and like you know 80s nostalgia but also uh like a deeper deeper sort of thematic callback in terms of like this is who this character is and i bet if you really looked at the various characters throughout um you're gonna see more and more of those very particular sort of oh shit like like i didn't even think about that i didn't even think about that but i bet you if you could class every single one of these characters probably it's time to go back and rewatch all of it. <laughs> hey, great drop there, Mariah, because I was thinking that that's what we were going to do for the rest of this series <laughs> as we continue to talk about Stranger Things. Um, I'm really, Rambo, again, thank you for your professor knowledge because that was an <laughs> excellent answer because my answer was going to be like, because it was fucking cool. Because it's fucking cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> that short is dope as shit. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And when he picks it up and he's like, that whole scene in the in the jail when he's explaining to them what they're gonna face. Oh, it was so badass. Yeah, it's like, eat up, boys. Yeah. <laughs> he's like smoking in the cigarette, puts it out, we're gonna die, boys, yeah. let's go. When, yeah, I mean, just, oh God, he's, another Easter egg. Did you know that in Predator, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character of Dutch is talking about a fellow badass merc named Jim Hopper? And that, so and, that and and Hopper apparently had some military background at some military, point. Like, yeah. how fucking cool is that? I love this I, show. I love that they're doing this, man. And like, it's yeah, it, it, you know. And I and I said and I apologized at the beginning of the first episode that we did. Of I I didn't I didn't give the respect to the show that it deserved because when season four came out, I was like, eh, eh, whatever, I'll watch it when I watch it. But like the problem is, is there had been so much other content since it had last come out, yeah. and like you kind of for, not forgot about it, but like the mm -hmm. excitement was kind of gone. And Sandy was the same way; we were kind of like just like meh. But once we got into it, we were just into it. Yeah. And well, and like, how smart is it the way yeah. that they're doing this? Like now we're wanting to go back and find all of these really smart threads that they've put in there. Like I feel oh, yeah. like 
the longer it exists, the the more popular it's going to get. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and like, I mean, and that's, that's, that's what you get when you make good art. Like when you make something that has layers and that ha and that is, is, is considered and thought out, um, you know, beyond just moment to moment, you can put those seeds in there. Like, do we know definitively that, uh, the mind flayer, um, was working for Vecta? No, we don't. Uh, but it makes sense. It tracks and being able to acknowledge things like the way Billy is holding his hands when he's talking to Max in season three, um, like is the same way that Henry would stand. Like that's oh, a little detail yeah. that somebody pointed out. I, I cannot claim claim uh, 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 responsibility for that. Somebody pointed out on TikTok where like he's, he's standing with his hands together and it's the same way Henry stands. Like that's fucking wild, be, dude. Could be a fucking coincidence, one hundred percent. But yeah, I don't believe that. It's I the believe. kind of thing. Like, and there's <laughs> yeah. so many, there's so many other little aspects of the show that are like little foreshadowing here and there that do end up being pay off. But like, yeah. it makes just as much sense or more sense that it would be like, no, no, no we made a very particular choice yeah. uh, with this. Also, um, Jamie, um, uh, guy plays back now. Um, he's a he's uh did you know Jamie Cable Bauer that voice that is not that's altered. exactly what I was going to talk about that is his voice that is his voice that is not digitally altered at least not in any significant way that is him speaking that shit so is good impressive like I don't even I'm going to try to do it right now he like got in close to the microphone he was like Max like that yeah with the with the like the sort of like predator growl like rattle um, like deep in the bowels voice and, and breath powering yeah. it yeah and, and, it's, and like funny funny enough he was on um jimmy fallon recently and they had what was a great idea but the execution was shitty like they were like hey man would you mind reading some things in the vecna voice which sounds great and they got to like read like lizzo lyrics and shit the problem was they put an effect on the mic. And so like, it doesn't sound like him because he's the one who does the voice. Mm -hmm. Like you ended up getting in your own way with like what would have been a really interesting bit. Um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, Jamie Campbell Bauer does a very impressive job in that role. Um, I was very thoroughly, uh, uh, thoroughly pleased with, with uh, his performance. Yeah. Just, just absolutely like, and he does that Norman Bates thing mm. where when he's in the facility, he doesn't blink. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not. I uh, don't think that I did, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just the staring dead the whole time. Like it's, he has that quality, but it, it, you can't figure out what it is. You're watching it and you're like, all right, yeah. what is it about him? Something's because off. He's, yeah. yeah, he seems There's really, really nice. To, to L and like they're building some sort of relationship, but something's off. Yeah. There's an acting trick um, that I've taught students where you move, you're, you're very still when you're talking to people and you move very slowly and deliberately. And it's creepy as fuck because we're not supposed to be doing that when we're relating to people, yeah. but it's a, it's a power move. So when you aren't swayed by anything externally and you're just rigid, but comfortable in that, it's a power move and it's yeah it's hans gruber 
in Die Hard in that scene when he, who's he talking to where he grabs the gun at the desk and he's like, Whoa. Oh, Hans, booby. This is, <laughs> this is radio, not TV. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, God damn it. What's that character's name? You know, uh, addict. <laughs> shit. Got to look it up. God, I love having nerds on podcasts together. This is the greatest. Oh, yeah. This is. Yeah, but you know what scene I'm talking about? That's that's what's so unsettling about Hans Gruber is he... Ellis. Ellis, fucking Ellis. God damn it, Ellis. He is unfazed. <laughs> he is calm fucking the entire head. time, and he shouldn't be. Yeah, fucking Ellis and his coat. Come out to the coast, have some laughs. Yeah. So high the whole time. <laughs> I never understood why you said the word booby. <laughs> and according to this, it's like the line is Hans, babe, put away the gun. Some... See, I think he says bubby, which is 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 like a, uh, I think it's an old Yiddish term. It is. It's um, Yiddish for grandmother. Like, bubbla. Yeah. yeah. Um, bubby. Yeah. You call. Yeah. You call grandma bubby. Yeah. And it's 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 uh, it's a, a Yiddish term of endearment. Um, but in his mouth and the way he's using it, it's. I am someone who is in business uh, and who is going to use this word that I've used. It basically, it became like popularized slang um, uh, uh, as like condescension. Um, like I'm going to say this in such a way that it's like, oh, come on, sweetheart, give us a smile. Um, it confused me as a kid. Cause I'm like, if you're trying to gain power of this guy, don't call him a titty. Don't call him a tit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, honkers. So thank here. you for the explanation. That really helps me and, <laughs> and heals yeah. my childhood trauma in watching that and not <laughs> there understanding. There you go. <laughs> Just more mistakes Ellis made. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I have a machine gun now. <laughs> oh, man. We derailed again. Yeah, but that's, again, welcome to ADHD Theater here at the Great Geek Refuge. Um, Y'all, you're the best. Um, I think season five is going to be fun. I think it's going to be dark. I like uh, Rambo. I love the idea of the whole town coming together. Um, I mm -hmm. think that my idea before of all the people who have been killed by this stuff from the upside down, they're going to come back and they're going to be twisted versions of themselves as lieutenants in Vecna's army and that something's going to happen and they're going to turn on him. And I think that that's going to be the key. That's how you win is it, you, you don't defeat them through hate, you defeat them through love. And like somehow there's something left of these people. There's something left in Billy. There's something left in Barb. There's something left in Samwise Gamgee. Um, I can't even remember his name. That's just who he is. Um, uh, Bob, some, wasn't it yeah. Bob? It was Bob, yeah. It was, it was Bob. the most generic name. Yeah. See, yeah. I, think, I think all of that is true, but I think, God forbid, but I think this is gonna happen. I think Ella's going to die because she created him with all of that. And I think- Oh yeah killing him it's gonna kill her because one can't exist without the other yeah. and it's gonna be fucking awful yeah she he's the he's the yang to her yin like yeah i can uh, yeah yeah that yeah. tracks i mean like that's that ends up mirroring the end of the first season too yeah like seemingly Elle sacrifices herself to, to kill uh, the demogorgon like you know we find out that she just you know sort of went to another place but on the, on the surface wouldn't it be wicked cool if she became like the queen of the upside down, like by this no. interaction? But like she can't, like like she's a benevolent queen of the upside down. She knows that in going there, it heals it, but also can't leave. Yeah, wouldn't it's that be the wicked? only way to win? Yes, 
That would I be don't know if that happens. Cool. Also, I would like Robin to mentor Will and that they all both get to come out in some safe way that might have happened in the 80s. I I think it's so interesting that that and I, I know the the internet agrees with y'all, but like that that is where what you guys went with all of this was that he, that he is in love with Mike. Um, I never saw it as that. I saw it as like his best friend is he can't reach his best friend and that breaks him. But it makes so much more sense that he's in love with him. Well, and, and particularly when you have a conversation between him and Jonathan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the um, in the Surfer Boy Pizza when. When John, like he's he's for, for Jonathan's many faults, uh, he is smart enough to realize and recognize like what's going on with his brother, and um, and also savvy enough to be like, I'm not going to say this until you say it. Um, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put this on you. Like you need to come to me with it. Um, but yeah, like yeah, man, rewatch that 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 scene in the in the car between Mike and Will. Um, with one, the, the one with where the, he starts crying yeah with the lens of like this is someone who is desperately trying to share very personal feelings um that potentially could get him like hurt or killed uh at that time um and you yeah it, it, it very very much takes on a a, a new um a yep. new uh, sense of responsibility and and like, I was thoroughly impressed with Noah Schnapp's performance uh, throughout the series as well, uh, th- this season as well. Um, really, really showing like some some real pathos, uh, that kid. Um, but- which I think, I, I, I wonder also like how much, cause I think, I don't know definitively, but I think Noah Schnapp is gay. Um, I think he's he's queer. Uh, the Google. And I, the Googles. I wonder how much there, there, a thing that has happened in the last like ten or fifteen years that I've been really pleased with is showrunners and writers adding elements of the actors perform the actors themselves into the characters, and it ends up adding this extra layer of dimensionality to them. Um, I mean, you saw it all throughout Parks and Rec. Um, you you know you you get a lot a lot of it's been happening in like sitcoms and like some of the better comedies, um, but I wonder if the plan was always to have Will be a queer character or if it was just sort of like something that organically came up, and they were like, well, that's something we can integrate into Will's story. So um, according to the internet right now, like if you type in "Is Noah Schnapp," the next word is dating um it auto fills free yeah but it looks like right now he's having heterosexual relationships fair enough but that's right now and who knows and and all i'm all i'm saying is is joyce i'm speaking to the character the fictional character right now joyce take the take the kid to fucking hair cuttery and stop cutting his hair (laughs) with a pair of scissors bowl get the kid a goddamn haircut it's It's so bad and then you can look like such a goober you can tell there's a deleted scene out there somewhere of her of him sitting like in a chair on the linoleum floor in that house in california with a bowl over his head and his mom cutting his hair like like it's there sorry bud we don't have the money right now So let's all hope for in season five, what also happens is a new hairstyle for our darling Will Byers. (laughs) Poor Will, give that kid a 
Oh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, his brother's hair is no fucking better either. His, no, his brother's hair sucks too. But then again, he's high all the time. So it's true. Hey, before before we end this, I would like yeah. to see something better happen with Argyle, who the the actor is uh, Mexican, full blooded Mexican, and if we're going to include someone. In, in that kind of diversity token role, please, sweet Jesus, stop making him the jester and the chauffeur. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I with the 80s aesthetic, it fits, Like, but I agree. Like, we're not in the 80s anymore. You can use that and then you can grow and you can build that archetype. Yeah, 100%. Um, I just wanted to flip to, I want some surfer boy pizza so fucking bad. We have like, it here. We have it in Walmart. You can get you can get the pineapple and jalapeno. You can get pepperoni and you can get cheese. And apparently, my kids love it, but they refuse to try the jalapeno and um, pineapple. No matter how many times David yep. and I say, "Don't deny till you try," they will not try it. <laughs> yeah, right. I will have to we'll go to Walmart and try this. Um, I will like before we before we go. I do want to give a shout out to um, how to the show to the creators because it has inspired so many people. There's a local pizza place up the street from us that did a Stranger Things night, and I shared the pictures with you guys and showed they decorated their entire um, dining room. They had a Stranger Things theme for the pizzas. Uh, Sandy and I got the Eleven special, which had a um, like a like a Thai chili sauce on it, but it, it was chicken and waffles and it had real pieces of Eggo on there. And it was so friggin' delicious. Um, I wanted to end on this. I think I think I know the answer to this, right? But if we're choosing which route we want Nancy to go, Team Steve or Team Jonathan, who are we picking here? Steve. Right? I mean, Steve or or Robin. Side. Oh, I, I prefer her. Yeah. That might even be better. Yeah. Yeah, like that would be that would be quite the choice. I just Same like prizes. they um the the fucking the memes online talking about how Steve is the best single mom in all of Hawkins are yes. so goddamn funny. Because <laughs> like, he doesn't necessarily enjoy it, but he'll do it. No, he but they're it. they're his fucking children, and he's gonna yes. do it. He's like, drawn to it. Yeah, I'm just he's a calling. single mom trying to make my way in this world. Fucking, what does that yeah. equate to in Dunge Dungeons and Dragons class? See somebody who is like a well, single I mean, somebody, mom. He, you start to get like maybe a cleric. Like you need somebody who's a healer, um, who has that sort of like overwhelming responsibility of taking care of everybody. Um, the, the problem is I, I I know a little bit about a lot, and I don't know enough about the character classes to really nail that down. I'm gonna um, go do some research now. That's yeah. what we're gonna do. For the next time we come back to our Stranger Things podcast here on the Great Geek Refuge, we are going to class all of the main characters. I think that that's a great little side project for us to do because it won't be too hard. And you know what? We might even have some surprises for some future guests here because we love hearing from other people who are just as passionate about the show as we are. Uh, in fact, I know that the, between the three of us, we've all talked about some people that we might be able to have on. So we might get some people who are D&D &D, uh, experts. We might get some people who are really into visual effects uh, makeup that might be able to uh, contribute and talk about some of the things that we've seen and some of the things that we've loved or just horror fans because I feel like this is one of those like great like just like D&D &D is this gateway we've talked about that a lot like this is one of those shows where it's a horror show but it's also got a lot of other things going on too so it ends up bringing a lot of people together to talk about the things that they love which is something we're all about here so for Mariah 
for James Rambo. Um, thank you all very much for listening. Uh, thank you for subscribing to all of our wonderful podcasts. Remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy!